You're listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Oh. And our special guest co-host this week is former iFanboy writer Mike Romo. Hey, guys. Hey, it's Mike Romo, everybody. It's, I'm, I'm here. It's, it's a holiday Jessica. miracle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So we're talking the Netflix series Jessica Jones. It's the second of the five-series deal between Marvel Studios and Netflix. The first was Daredevil. We talked about that last last year. Was that last year? Earlier no, this year. Earlier this year. Earlier this year. Earlier this year. Like February. It was like February, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. So. And now we're talking about Jessica Jones, and uh, this is part of the grim and gritty world of Marvel Studios that takes place pretty much in New York's Hell's Kitchen. Supposedly. And, supposedly, and features some more street-level characters. And this is Jessica Jones, the character made famous by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos's Alias series from 15 years ago. Don't say it like She's that. Nearly, I think yeah. it's 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah, just about early 2000s. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was the series that kicked off Marvel's Max line, the more adult line of superhero comics or just comics in general. And now we uh, we see the Jessica Jones series. It starred Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. And a whole, whole bunch of other people we'll talk about soon. Before we get started, we should probably warn everybody that we're... If oh, yeah. You ha- yeah, we, if you haven't watched all 13 episodes of Jessica Jones yet, we're going to talk about specifically what happened. So there's your spoiler warning. So from here on out, uh, we might ruin something for you, so deal with it. Um, or go back and watch it. And if you want to be like us, get very stressed trying to watch as many episodes in a shorter yeah. period of time so that we can do this podcast before we all break for the holidays, because... <laughs> Because yep. apparently Marvel Studios and Netflix hate us and their scheduling. It was a b- bizarre schedule. I get it's it. A very busy time of the year. But the thing is, is that like it came out a week before Thanksgiving, and like, and I mean, gen- I mean, this is a different discussion. But I gen- I hate the the drop the whole season in one moment right. and let people binge watch because yeah. it's so stressful, so stressful. But also, you're talking about a weekend where you can't really, at least for most people, you can't spend it watching TV. You're with your family. And totally. further, furthermore, what I will point out is that. In watching all 13 episodes in a row, a 1 minute and 47 second opening credits is just mean. You just gotta, you gotta skip forward, buddy. Because uh, I couldn't always skip. I was either on a tablet or I was on my no. phone or was whatever. Oh. And skipping was hard. And the thing is, is that also it's a very long and boring intro. And it's nice the first time, but I would have liked just a a 20 second one from every from episode two onward. You know, like uh, it's very. Yeah, I mean, they, very they, they, you gotta assume that people. Well, Let's talk about this later. <laughs> okay. So, show. so going going into the series, I know that talking to Mike before we watched it, that you were very concerned with Christian Ritter, who cast as Jessica Jones. I was, and it wasn't anything I like or dislike. I mean, I had only really seen her in Breaking Bad, and I guess she was the B in Apartment B or the whatever yeah, the don't, don't trust the B in Apartment Twenty Three. The B asterisk. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. I it, what was really interesting is when I first saw her, I just. Maybe it's just me getting old. I just thought she was so young, and I had always sort of thought of Jessica Jones, sort of, sort of older, late thirties, early forties, a little bit more bedraggled, and then seasoned. I, seasoned. And, and when you look at Gatos's art, 
in Alias, that was definitely the sort of disheveled. I mean, she really owned the drinking problem. I, I, but right? I never got the sense she was that old. I would have placed her in the comics at least late 20s, early 30s, but definitely seasoned and, yeah. definitely, and definitely has been through some shit, you know? That's uh, right. And, and, and that being said, you can't help but bring what you read into when you see an adaptation. So, but what was great is that all of that stuff, all of my hesitations about her really melted away because she owned this character so much that I, I, I just sort of forgot about my previous uh, conceptions of of Jessica. So, well, so yeah, was, got, it, that, yeah. that ties in that ties into what you were about to say, Connor. So, it's like, are we just going to say initially what we thought of it, yeah, or how do you want to? Yeah, yeah. So, so Mike, you liked it. I, I really liked it. Um, I yeah. mean, there's I have I have nitpicks as we as we all might. I mean, but overall, um, I thought it was thrilling, captivating. It made me really, really sort of depressed the first couple of episodes. <laughs> like I watched it by myself and was really, really aware of how much by myself I was because she is such a lone character. It the tonally, I just I I loved it. Um, and so I'm curious to see what you guys thought. I thought it was really good. It was strong. Uh, it. I thought the first half was much stronger than the second half. I thought it got a little wonky Agreed. in the second half. But I think I watched the first seven in, a, in two different blocks of viewing, and I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And then I thought this, yeah. then, then the next five or so, or 13, so it was 13 episodes, so the next yeah. six, six yeah. were a little uneven. But uh, overall, I thought it was really strong. She was really wonderful. Yeah. And I had, I had the same thing watching her in the beginning. I thought, well, this is not at all how I picture Jessica Jones. But by the end of it, I sort of had to let that fall to the wayside, but I got I got over that. Yeah, so I liked it. I didn't love it. I have complaints that are probably more than I would. That are probably a grade higher than nitpick. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. I thought that Kristen. I too also was like Kristen Ritter, really, because she's always played this kind of like you know. I, I didn't watch Breaking Bad, so I don't know how she wasn't Breaking Bad. But at least from when she was in Don't Trust the Bee, and and she was also you know that you know how like some actors. Uh, hit the CW and they're like trying to make them work. You know, they may, they give them guest star roles in like Smallville or something like that. Right. Then, they're on, then they're on Supernatural next season, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> so when, when she first kind of emerged, I knew her from there and she always kind of played this kind of, you know, you know, a, a, a certain type that was very opposite of that. That said, I, I was impressed at how she made Jessica Jones her own. Yes. She's very good in it. Very, very She's good. very, very good. And also I like uh, going through the things that I liked immensely and which I think comes as no surprise, but David Tennant as the villain is killed Raven, or as we know him, Purple Man, um, was stole the show and is fantastic. But he's fantastic, so that's no surprise. But then also uh, the casting of Luke Luke Cage with the, with uh, Lamont Bishop from The Good Wife, Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter, who I I loved him on The Good Wife, and I think he was even even better in this. I thought the casting was really really strong and really really enjoyed it. But overall, you know, Connor, I kind of agree with you. Like the way I look at it, like I look at the Rotten Tomato score, and it's just those are just nerds going, I can't believe we have Jessica Jones. You yeah. know, like it, it's right. not. I don't think it's a ninety eight percent or a ninety two percent or whatever no, it is. No. In fact, I don't even think this is better than Daredevil. No, I, I don't think e- I, don't I think yeah, I think I think a big problem with it was is that. Honestly, this story could have been done in six or eight episodes. Absolutely right. Yeah, my comment was going to be: it felt like they were they were like we have we have to do thirteen of these, and they sort of stuff stuff in into the latter part. That was really, I thought, distracted. The latter part got really, really stretchy in terms. Well, of yeah, we, we it really stretchy. And the, the thing was, is I went back to I went back to look at the episode recaps of Daredevil because I felt as if Daredevil was perfect at thirteen episodes, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell if Daredevil had smaller arcs within the thirteen episodes that made it work, 
or if it, or if it was just all getting to the kingpin. Like there were yeah, more loops. Like there were did. more. Yeah, there were more loops in Daredevil. There were yeah. like two or three episodes where they would beginning, middle, and end these plots, and so. And you yeah, had the over- overarching kingpin, you know, right. trying to deal with Fisk. But like, if it, it, like Jessica Jones, it was just all about Kill, Kill Raven from get go. Right. And I felt as if we never had any distractions that would make the thirteen episodes feel justified. And we did. We had a couple like they weren't really didn't really pay off. Like the couple that that tried to kill her by hiring her to be that had to be for me was by far the weakest thing. Yeah, like, yeah, that was, mean, really- it was. I remember oh. when I used to watch Twenty Four. It was like when his daughter was yes. like, stuck in the mountains with the bobcat or whatever. Yeah, it the was cooker. like yeah. yeah. It, the cougar thing i was just like because it was it didn't even it, like this is kind of like screenwriting 101 it's gotta be worth something there was no follow-up with whatever that it was cool yeah the event blah 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 but like it just it felt like it came out of nowhere and yeah. i mean I, I had other problems with other like the the sister plot i couldn't have cared less about I mean, I wanted to actually fast forward whenever that actor and that character was on screen. You mean Hellcat? The upstairs? No, no, the upstairs neighbor. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. neighbors. Yeah, I actually yeah. have. Yeah. That's one of my notes about the annoying neighbors got way too much screen time. Oh yeah. come on! It was yeah. like ridiculous. Yeah. And I thought the lawyer's divorce story got really repetitive. Yeah, that was the thing that drove me absolutely crazy. Was that like? I saw from a mile away that the the lawyer's divorce was going to tie into Kill Raven at some point, and it wasn't until episode nine or ten that, it, or no, like episode ten or eleven that it finally did. But my God, every time her annoying ex wife or uh, wife came on, and like I just did not care about it at all, and it just yeah. and it was taking mi- and like that's the thing is like I was looking at the the, the run times of these episodes were like fifty three, fifty four, fifty four, fifty. There's a couple of fifty fives. There was a fifty seven in there. Like yeah. these are long episodes, and someone needed to pump the brakes on the lawyer storyline, and then also just the. Which I can only assume to lay the groundwork for season two of Daredevil with the Punisher, but the the insertion of Nuke, cool, but like that went on way too long. Well, let's talk and- about him as a character, Will Simpson, yeah. who starts off. We meet him as a New York City cop who is Kilgrave controls and has him try to kill Trish Walker. Uh, when does he get it? Trish, Trish Walker. Trish Walker. Who we'll get to. We'll, we'll get to her in a minute too. He tried to kill her. That doesn't work out, and ends up being racked with guilt because he tried to murder someone, and oh, then so becomes tiring. sort of a gr- part of their group. So falls for Trish, and then is revealed to be psychotic. And and if if you know the comics, he's actually the character called Nuke, who has a American flag tattoo on his face, and is an, another failed super soldier. He's another failed Captain America type. I totally missed that. You'd only know if you know the character from the comics. There was a couple of gimmies, Mike, that you could have if you picked up on. If you and like Mike wouldn't said, know most people know, know the, character, the character, but but his, the same the name Simpson was the name yeah. of the character. Later on, when if when we find out that he's part of a experimental government soldier program, and he gets red and blue pills, yeah, that's right. That Duke was give me the reds, like that's he that's needs. Right. The, you know. And then finally, when he lit the fire to burn down the 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 weirdo torture room he built, <laughs> um, his Zippo was uh, American flag that looked just like the face tattoo of the character. And so, like, actually, honestly, that was the that was the that was the tell that I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's Nuke. <laughs> so, um, and like, and that's the thing is that like, I liked him in the beginning half of the yeah, series. Exactly, like, I thought he was a great member of the team, and you had this whole thing working. But then the whole super soldier thing just went out of control, if you ask me. And that was the closest thing we had to a mini arc, but it didn't. 
it didn't pay off in any degree, I thought, in terms of the, the larger story. And, and it had to be a, this is the tie-in to The Punisher and Daredevil. Well, maybe. We don't know that. It's That's my guess. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't thought there was going to be a scene at the end of the last episode that would kind of hint at all the stuff that the, that IGH or whatever – in the yeah. super soldier thing. Well, that's I thought interesting. Would be so some... IGH is not mutant growth hormone, obviously. It's not MGH. So we're yeah. saying it's inhuman growth hormone. Oh God. It, oh God. Are they? Oh God. That's my guess simply because they've, they've, you know, made the inhumans into the mutants in the, in the cinematic universe. Oh God. I didn't even think about that. So I, I, annoying. Hate, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my thoughts on him were actually, I thought the opposite. I didn't like him at first at all because I thought he was not believable as a New York city cop. Oh, yeah. I thought his voice and persona didn't didn't really work, and you know why, Mike? Because he's Australian. Oh, oh my God, I can't! What a shocker! <laughs> like, so, so is Patsy, by the way. Yeah, so Patsy, Patsy, Parker, Patsy's right? also Australian, but yeah. Mike is more upset about the male actors because he's I an really, actor. just because uh, I clearly there were no Americans that they could <laughs> cast in New York to be a cop. It's just so it's a hard one to cast. It's I just thought he wasn't believable. Every time he'd show up in his uniform, I thought this guy doesn't have the demeanor or the voice or anything that reminds I me see. of a New York City cop. But I thought in the middle, he, I thought he worked in the middle when he was sort of helping them and he was former special forces. So he, he led that whole attempt to abduct Kilgrave in the beginning, which I thought was a great sequence. Yeah. Um, it, when he became the unhinged nuke character, that's when I became less interested. Well, that was his best one when he was, they had the little special forces moment because it, he he at least gave it enough credibility that you thought the plan was going to yes, work and absolutely. when it fell apart, you were like, oh shit. The turn in episode 10 drove me crazy. Uh, what was that? I don't know. Because was episode 10 was, okay, so so they capture Kilgrave, they put him in the weird... So yeah, when he killed the cop, okay, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like that—that that was like came out of nowhere, and I thought he was under Kilgrave's control again. Well, but no, I thought... he, he was more—he was on the drugs again. They said that he would go—he would go crazy if he kept on the, if he didn't take the downers, and he would—he yeah, yeah. didn't take. Yeah. So he just kept taking the uppers, the reds. Yeah. So I, I wasn't that surprised because he was at that point established as being a nut job. But on the whole, I thought he was a very weird character. Very weird, very very weird, and yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, but he was it's... really the only one of the main people. Like, yeah. And main people I call Jessica Jones, Trish, Cage, Kilgrave, and Will. I thought those were the main four. Yeah. I mean, obviously the lawyer uh, who Carrie Ann Moss played was in it a lot. But I, what about what about Malcolm? I actually like Malcolm. Yeah, I like neighbor. The, yeah. The, yeah, he was he. You know, it was he was fun to watch. He was and, the good um, neighbor. Yeah, yeah, he was great. No, but that that I think we should talk. That leads into the discussion of Kilgrave because because Kilgrave yeah. affects that character and makes him more likable. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I thought Kilgrave was one of the most disturbing. I mean, he is in the comics too, but one of the most disturbing villains we've seen on screen in terms of superhero stories. He's he was fantastic. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we already knew the Alias story. What he did as Purple Man was just screwed up, and I was curious how far they were willing to take it on the show. Yeah. And I think that they you know they never as far as you want them to take it. Yeah, they never called him Purple Man. They just put him in purple suits, which I thought was smart and genius. Yeah. Leave it as Kilgrave, and then Tenet. Like, I don't watch Doctor Who, and yeah. I've only heard, and I don't watch uh, what's the Roger, what's the other Rod Church. No, Broadchurch. Yeah, I don't watch anything else. I literally don't watch anything else he's ever been in. Yeah. But he is Amazing. fantastic. I mean, we, we've been joking already, but it's been a week now, and I just hear in my head him going, Jessica! You know, like, it's just like... <laughs> and, I, I mean, and parenthetically, Broadchurch is, especially cool. the first season, is, is truly worth watching, um, yeah. if you haven't seen it. Um, add, add it to the list. What, what's wonderful, though, is he played it so many different notes in the same key where you could see... Like, just how much fun he had, sadistic fun in being creative with his powers. Like, you just got the sense that this guy has lived this way for a while and was always trying to one-up himself in terms of 
all these booby traps and the way he controlled people. And it was, there was an elegance and an artistry as opposed to just, he, he wasn't, obviously he wasn't one note. This, he's a great actor, but just the, how comfortable he was using his powers, this almost, these throwaway lines, but he knew exactly what the implications would be, were, were terrific. And the writers clearly had a blast figuring out just how far they could take these situations like one of the many scenes but obviously the, the one in the cop station is terrific yes right just yeah. the way it unfolds and what's great is that you're right there with jessica trying to figure out what what what's the trigger what's going to happen right. what's what what would i do there's a there's a lot of wonderful moments where you really really empathize with jessica because she's just trying to she's just trying to figure it out as well and she she there are a lot of times that she doesn't figure it out that well and it's awesome. He was terrific. Well, I think what it shows, even better than the page, is that how terrifying mind control is. Yeah. Just to see it happen. You know, throw this coffee in your face. Jump off this ledge. Uh, yeah. You know, and it happens to such casualness. But it's yeah. so terrifying. And it's so, you feel... You got a, I got a real visceral sense of helplessness that Jessica had. And I thought Kirsten yeah. Ritter had a great, yeah. did a great job with that. Was you, you literally cannot do anything. You can't countermand his programming. You can't stop the guy from... You just you can't do anything, right? And it's, it's so frustrating. It's not like the normal superhero thing where you can punch your way out of trouble, right? You can't punch your way out of trouble with with Kilgrave. And what's great is that we're in these movies and TV shows with all these special effects and all these powers and all these heroes flying around and doing all this stuff. But the the simplest one to film mm-hmm. is the one that's most disturbing and arguably the most powerful. Yes. So yeah. it's like this wonderful uh, contrast to kind of the the big budget explosions that we've been seeing that we can't identify with but then when you see these people doing things with their hands but you see the fear in their eyes i mean when they couldn't blink you know yes. like yeah that was or the guy who we made stand against oh, yeah. the, against the fence outside the yeah. club and then we saw him again later on still yeah. standing there yeah yeah that was a yeah. great that was a great device to show him again. They really nailed his powers, and they just got it down in such a way that is so like. And yeah, and Mike, you make a great point. I mean, like we've already and they may, again, you know, it takes place in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's references. They always reference the Hulk for some reason, the Green Guy, and the yeah. rest of them. You know, like yeah. and th- things like that. Well, I think if you were in that world, you'd be talking about the Hulk a lot too. Yeah, I guess maybe. Who knows? But the, but but what's interesting is that yeah, I mean, like this is this is far. I mean, yeah, the, you know, the aliens attacking the city is crazy, but this is horrifying when you think about it. And just like to think of the level of what they were able to do, he was able to get Luke Cage under his control, and that was horrifying. And um, speaking of that, uh, uh, every time Luke Cage was not on the screen, I was going, "When is Luke Cage coming back?" Unbelievable. Well, he you know, he's only in half the episodes. It was interesting. I know he's in the, he's in a lot in the beginning because Jessica's stalking him for reasons right. we find out later, and then. He goes away for like the whole middle. I know, third. and yeah. it was funny because when he came back, that was the moment I was like, "Hey, where's Luke Cage been?" So yeah, it, it, for me, it was time perfectly where I, I had missed him enough, so that when he came back, I was super psyched for it. He's just great. He's he like talk about perfect casting. That is perfect yeah. casting, and and they they got the the sex right. They got like I mean like it, it, everything. All the all the notes from the comic, whether you know Jessica and Luke's relationship, you know um, Kill Raven and all the this craziness. All you know, although Killgrave, Killgrave, Kill uh, yeah, not Killraven, Killgrave. You see, the thing is, is that like again, I would have liked a little more. They did a little past and backgroundy and stuff like that, but you know, and they they at one point they they. Flashback to when Trish is trying to tell Jessica to be a superhero, and she has the 
the jewel costume, so which, fun, which, which is funny. Yeah, but I would have liked to seen like it's it's hard not to compare this to Daredevil, but similar to the stick episode of Daredevil, where we yeah. get a little more origin and all this sort of stuff. I felt as if they stretched out Jessica's origin, so you had to piece it together over several different episodes, which was rough. Right. But yeah, it's it's it was good. It was good. I, I liked the her best friend Trish, yes, the, I did the Hellcat Carrie. So thought. so that, so so that was not in the comics, right, Connor? No, in the comics it was Miss yeah. Marvel. Yeah, that's, and uh, that's, there was originally when ABC was going to do. Do you remember when ABC Family was going to do, AKA Jessica Jones? You remember that? Uh, right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was originally going to be Jessica Jones and Carol Danvers, but then they decided to make Carol Danvers a movie character, so they got rid of her out of this show and brought in Patricia Walker, which Hellcat was one of those characters I always like. Yeah. And Trish Walker is actually a really interesting character historically. She started off as a romance comic character. Oh, interesting. At Marvel, or uh, Marvel's romance comics, not a superhero, just a romance character. Uh, was it Patsy Walker? Patsy Walker. Yep, yep. And then, and then in the seventies, they said, "Let's let's let's make her, let's bring her to the Marvel universe." And this, they made her into, they brought her into that. So she actually started her life as a romance character. So that sort of worked with her arc here. You know, she's the child actor who had done right. this Patsy show. Yeah, and then you know, as a kid, then becomes more of a serious, and she's really into being a superhero. They're clearly yeah. setting that up for a future season. Yeah, clearly, yeah, with her with her training and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I like yeah. the actress. I thought I thought she was really fun as a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's good. I thought this uh, one of the things that uh, one of the headlines had read sort of tickled my brain, and it and it really resonated with me that this is like you really got the sense of the internet with this show, this lack of privacy, the prying eyes, the, when she's walking down the, the streets and she doesn't know who's watching her for right. Kilgrave. Yep. Yeah. Um, you get this real human foreboding on, I don't feel like I'm in control of my destiny. I don't know who's looking at me. I don't know who's watching me. I don't know who's around me. And it was kind of really elegantly done. And it did add to that sort of creep factor and, it's it just it just was really really interesting to see it sort of physicalized like that because she what's wonderful is she uses technology in the right way but and and she's using it was fun to see technology used in appropriate ways in terms of her searching and on the computers and all that crap but there was this sense of being alone in this crowded world and made that loneliness even more severe given the problems that she was having and that, I think yeah. that was one of the things I really liked about the tone was how lonely one could be even in the most crowded city block and that sense of i don't know what i'm doing i'm just trying to keep it together and you can see that she's just trying to keep it together all the drinking and all that stuff just i feel like everybody's sort of been that way where they just don't know which way to turn and it was really i thought that those quiet moments where she's just watching and is scared made the, the tension really great, especially in the first part of the series when she doesn't have much control of what's going on around her. Yeah. And, and so that was one thing I really appreciated about it. And, um, and, the, th- and the thing was is that, like, I, I you know, uh, once, you know, like, we, I, you know, again, comparing it to Daredevil, you know, like, where we went, well, like, five episodes before we ever even saw Kingpin, yeah. you know, before we saw Fisk. And, they, you know, they followed a similar model where you get hints and, and callbacks and references, and, you know, Kilgrave doesn't really become apparent until the middle of the ser- series. But once it it was on like I really enjoyed the chess game and yes. really enjoyed yeah. the the him trying to get at her and her trying to get at him and yes it was weird and random that Nuke had a torture room but it worked on some level and <laughs> yeah, yeah you know and then, and then of course it all goes to shit which you know is going to happen you know so so I like that moving back and forth but it just got a little too repetitive yeah um, I, and I, I, I and I thought I thought it, I thought the best moment was when Kilgrave bought her house 
and brought yeah. her in. Like that whole that whole sequence was great. That part was really creepy when they when they played yeah. house for a while, and then they, that yeah. was and then, he, and then he decided he was going to be a superhero with her. Yes, yeah. That was all really super creepy. That Just, that was a really wonderful way to end that episode too, because she walks into the house and is reacting, and we all know what he's done. But then the episode ends, and yeah. it was a really great way to end that. Yeah, that whole sequence is. That was that was fun. I, it is so funny. It's like, what is it with these shows and their little secret rooms for the bad guys? The like Arrow and, and and Flash. It's like, oh yeah, I love those. Things. It's hilarious. The weird uh, the weird torture room was just weird. I mean, I I'm well, sorry. He built, was, it. he built it. Yeah, I know he built yeah. it. But, but he built it for Kilgrave or before Kilgrave? Before Kilgrave. Yeah, that's so that's weird. The secret the, the the super soldier thing. I I felt like I had gone to the bathroom at a bad point and didn't press pause. <laughs> I like, where did it? I, it seemed to come out of nowhere. Suddenly, he had all these buddies. Yes, all of a sudden, he had yeah, yeah. And, yes. I, and I didn't know if they were ex like military people that I, I. It was like they forgot to put a scene in, and yeah, I knew but, that. But he, a- and when he got hurt and went to the hospital, and he's like, "No, call Kozlov, call and like, who? Okay, who? And like, I understand that. That's why I think that's feeding into the next series. Yeah, because I think because it was just so random and just seemed so pasted in like it reminded oh, me that it, part will definitely carry over because that, yeah, that yeah. ties into who jessica jones is with the igh and the right. car accident and the medical records being the same as and and, his, and, and, his and, company and, and her medical records so that'll all definitely tie in for season two yeah see, yeah and or maybe even daredevil who knows i mean because the thing is that you're talking about ex-military and punisher's ex-military and we know punisher's going to daredevil so it's you know it's it's i don't uh, i don't see this tying in together with, with any of well, this well and that was the thing too that that's what that's yeah. what drove me crazy as well too which is that okay so this all takes place in kel's kitchen or supposed to um even though luke's bar is on tompkins but whatever um in real life yeah, it, looked, it looked more uh, like it was taking place tribeca in west village and- yeah yeah it looked the you know, lower east side or yeah, yeah west village yeah definitely but um so technically, it's all in Hell's Kitchen. Actually, and, no, I don't think it was Hell's Kitchen. I'm, I'm, I think I misspoke in the beginning. I think it's, it takes place in the village. Oh, really? You think yeah, so? I don't. I don't think all these are meant to. They never mention Hell's yeah, Kitchen. Yeah, I think it's. I think they're just in the village. Oh, okay, yeah. maybe they are. That makes uh, sense. But uh, we, we, it was not until the last episode where we get a cameo from Rosario Dawson. Which I thought uh, was great. Yeah. yeah, which is a great kind of bridge. But even early, like with with, with Hogarth as the lawyer, who, by the way, was is a character who's based on a character from the Marvel comics, by the yes. way. But it was a man. I think it was Will Hogarth or something. Yeah, Will Hogarth, who was Iron Fist's uh, estate. That's right, that's right. The ward of Iron Fist's estate. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so when, when, when we first got in, like, okay, she works for Hogarth as a lawyer. I'm like, oh, they're lawyers. Purely, surely we'll have a di- like. Yeah. Charlie Cox will come on at some point, and the fact that it never happened made me super disappointed. There was a little bit of I was distracted by that, and I was really wondering about why I felt that way. And I was like, I thought maybe he might appear. I kept looking for him, Daredevil, or or just Matt at the end. I thought R- Dawson See, might that, call that, him or something, that, that, and it distracted the- me. But I thought maybe they didn't do it because they didn't want to hand over the show. Yeah, it's got to be her. It's got to be her. I understand that, but it's so it's so simple, and it's just so, <laughs> you just have one courtroom scene where he's there, and it's like and it's, it's like that's such a way to give you the glee of the shared universe. I and, I totally agree. It would have been yeah. wonderful to see. It. At least I kept wanting him to be walking out of the cop station or something, and I I just you know it's like any other when you see these shows, if it's this big of a problem, you think Daredevil would at least be sniffing around, right? It just, it's, well, it's like when... Big it's, city. It's a big city. Yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking online, there's another character, there's a cop who was a cop also in Daredevil is a cop in this as well. Oh, really? Well, that's very, yeah, they all look the same. <laughs> but it's the idea that 
after these five episodes, five series, then the def- the number five is the Defenders. Right. So it's it's well, it gets a little wonky. So the idea originally was Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then they come together in Defenders. But now, obviously, we're getting a season two of Daredevil, Daredevil. which they're shooting right now. Yeah. If you believe the you know what Netflix says, this this is also very popular. That they'll get a season two of this. We don't know. We just know that it's gonna. They're all gonna come together eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll get, I'm I'm primed and ready for the Luke Cage series. Primed and ready. Actually, that was I thought about it when I was not upset but disappointed that he, he went away. I thought, well, okay, because he's gonna have his own series. Yeah. And we don't want to give away give too much of him to this because it's her show. Yeah, I guess I could. But, say but that. now if he has his own series, she's got she's she got to be in it. Right. If it's a, it's a prequel. Or he's gone, you know, when he when he's gone yeah. for eight episodes yeah. or whatever it was. Or she's busy. Right. She's just really busy. Yeah, she's I, just really. I, I, I loved the the little mini the the window always being broken. Like, yes. are you really? And I'm learning a lot about the construction of apartments in New York City. How the walls <laughs> are made. Uh, oh yeah, that that that, that was or, or how flimsily the walls were made. That's <laughs> yeah. a, there was a lot of drywall in the series, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, no, the the gag of the of the of the window being broken on the door is, is one of the the good carryovers from the comics. That was nice to see that come through because that was the same thing that happened in the comics. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you if honestly, if you ask me, the 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 roughest I had with it is the fact that it felt stretched out. It felt too stretched out too long. I felt as if it, it could have been it could have been six to eight episodes, and I would have been satisfied. And um, it's just a shame that Kilgrave died. Okay, let's talk about that because I thought I had a lot of conflicting thoughts about that. So okay, so they have the final the final battle on the the docks, right? And Jessica kills Kilgrave, which I thought was it was a I thought the whole that whole sequence was really great. Yeah, in a Man of Steel esque head head uh, uh, neck snap. Yeah. Right. At first, I was really super bummed about it because he is such a great character. But then I thought, okay, let's really think about this. So, how yeah. much more of this are we actually going to get? Yeah. You know, she's going to show up again in the Luke Cage series. She may may not show up in Iron Fist. She'll show up in the Defenders. She may get a second run. Right. Maybe not. Probably not a third run. Right. For any of these. So re- realistically, how much? How much to the well do you want to go to? I mean, you don't want her facing Kilgrave her entire time. No. Yeah, it's true. Even yeah. though it, Kilgrave is her Joker, her Lex Luthor, you know, her Doctor yeah. Doom, we're really never going to see these characters again in this in this way beyond at least one more maybe two more series maybe two yeah. more series and, and to be honest and to be honest I don't think I could handle another uh, season of Jessica well and also it's like <laughs> they kind of always leave them wanting more right um, yeah. if if they if, then it would become like oh I wonder what kind of weird thing he's going to make people do this time right. I mean and you know let's face it we did have the dude with both arms get cut off and the dude putting the arm in the uh, the <laughs> trash disposal oh yeah i mean i mean i got it the guy is fucked up and twisted <laughs> and it's like i don't want to see it anymore and like literally i was in not to mention the needle in the eyeball thing oh, oh that shit was just yeah. unbel- there were some there were some parts some of the show yeah. that i was really like oh my fucking god what the and, what and the also- hell and we we touched on it we touched on it earlier, but talking about Kilgrave and the use of the powers. But I thought, but but not so much the use of the powers, but also his just as a manipulator. Yeah, like like being like talking to Jessica and explaining his side of it, how he was abandoned and how he you know like he didn't ask for this and and he never told anyone to kill themselves. Like he you know like the way he justifies what he's done, and yeah. then when in a scenario when he's in like the the torture room and someone new comes in. And he's like, you've got to help me. You know, like he he's playing innocent and like playing to the audience every time. I thought that would like just like not only is he got the mind control thing down, but is just Machiavellian and a manipulator yeah. in such a way that is I, I can respect. 
you know, like <laughs> like really really well done. Like wow, yeah. 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 He's a great character. I yeah. mean, it's sad when he dies, but I think you had to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, he's he's hanging over the whole series. Right. Or whatever other series, if there is another series. And things we may never get one. They may never do another one. So, you know, you gotta you gotta do with the best thing you've got now. Because often that's the Marvel trap we talk about with the movies, right? Is they're all they're all constantly looking ahead, right? Yeah. And they never feel like they end on their own. Yeah, they're never in the now. You yeah. gotta end. You gotta end that story now. And if if they get another thirteen episodes and do do you know deal with this rogue military group, and you'll probably that's all you'll probably get, and that's fine. Right. Yeah, and it's it would be interesting. I don't. I mean, I would be. It'd be fine if they did another season. Season, but it would be interesting to see what would happen to her character. I mean. I think Ritter did a fantastic job of showing uh, pain and grief and anger in a way that was I really identified with. But like externally, like she definitely hit a lot of the same notes over and over again. Like she was just kind of a grump most of the time. So would do we want more of that? It would have to be different somehow. And you get a hint of this more formal agency happening with the, at the very end when he picks up the phone and how can we help you? Right. And so. I am interested in that. And I want like her friends are going to force some right. normalcy onto her. That's right. And Malcolm, we we, we were going to talk about Malcolm. He's the one who says it on the phone. He's the one who starts off as sort of the the typical junky yeah. uh, uh, neighbor who you'd see in the the village, yeah. and turns out he's actually was a normal, you know, high functioning dude who Kilgrave turned to a junkie to, in order to monitor her, monitor <sighs> her. And I thought he was a great. He had a great, really great arc. Yeah. He he kind of made. The annoying neighbor stuff bearable as much as it possibly could. Well, yeah. you really you really sympathize with him, that's for sure. Yes, for, I yeah. mean his, his life is ruined. As just oh, as I'm as just mean, I just mean dealing well, with those neighbors. I mean, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that was awful. No, but but that was also interesting. Like he wanted to be a social worker, and so like this gave him purpose to you know help try to help the other victims and all that sort of that blows up in his face. But um, I like the ending where you know like it, it, you know it closes with you know Jessica's phone ringing off the hook and it's people looking for help right. and he answers the phone. At least like he's going to be her her Karen Page, you know. Right. So that, that's cool, you know. <laughs> and it was interesting because I didn't get the sense that Jessica really wanted to. Deal with all those people. No, she, no that's why no. she wasn't answering the phone. She was so like, it was really so it'll be interesting for her if she really wants to continue along this line of work because that's the kind of phone calls you're going to get. So, I, <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, she was great. She, was. she, you know, she's one of those characters where you really, really empathize. I mean, you really, she's just really having a hard go at it, and it's like yeah. you can see the self medication. With the alcohol and all that stuff, and just like man, it, it and she never played the drunk like it was never it, comedic drunk. It was yeah, sad. It, it was sad drunk. Yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever, and it was like whenever the bottle would come out, you're like, oh man, you know. It was really an interesting sort of picture of it. And then watching and watching her at the bar, that, that first scene where she's just getting drunk at Luke's bar, like that really that was beautifully shot and really. I mean, in the the direction of this. I remember when we talked about Daredevil, we were really into, you know, these fight sequences, which is, mm-hmm. were unbelievable. Here, I thought there were these wonderful moments of stillness and just this gritty, there was a lot of time being taken with some of the, the shots. New York played, was a wonderful character again in this. You could, I, almost, I, you could almost say that New York City was a character in this story. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I'm just kidding, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, but it's that cliche. <laughs> I mean, but it's just, but you know, it's just, you've, you've walked those streets, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's great that they get to use all those locations like that. I mean, it, you know, I mean, we all used to. Well, know, we all although, 
although if we want to talk about nitpicks, there's one scene on the subway that was not a New York subway. Yeah, it was. Was that the one? It was that like, was this Avenue. I, I forget. I forget where. I forget. What, it was earlier in the show. And it was. Early, it was when yeah. she when she broke the glass when she was felt like everyone was looking at her and she was she was sitting on it was like the seats were blue, like it was clearly just a a quote unquote subway set somewhere and you know and like it wasn't it wasn't a New York City subway as a New Yorker. I'm sorry. I just I, I nitpick at that. But and, and, um, my, and my final nitpick was the. When the when the girl rallied all the people in the support group together to go to to her office, to Jessica's office, that really bugged me for some reason. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of talking. Let's go see what she's up to. Like, and they just followed her blindly. Yeah, yeah, like that was weird. That was very weird. Yeah, that was yeah. frustrating. I don't know the whole support group thing. I I got why it was there. We we really did get to see how people's lives are ruined, even with the most innocuous thing. The one guy was there only because he gave up his coat. Yeah, but like right. you really did see how this was a psychological de- yeah. destructing force, but it went on. Too, it was a little repetitive. Wait, and why did why did the upstairs neighbors have to be what? I guess they were incestuous like twins, Cone Brothers esque characters. Yeah, well, if they're going to be weird, be weird for some sort of reason. Like he's wearing adult diapers for some reason, and it's like it was, it was he's really good at banana bread. It was. It felt like it was just weird to be weird. I just never. I, yeah. did, I didn't understand that part of it at all. If I, if I would have to rank my problems with it, I would say the it being too long, followed by the lawyer's divorce, followed by the upstairs neighbors, followed by the support group. Follow, no, no, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll amend that. Too <laughs> long, lawyer's divorce, nuke, upstairs neighbor. And I'll lump the upstairs neighbor and the support group in the same bullet point. There you go. But yeah, yeah that's those, those are my – like, oh, my God. If I had to listen to the lawyer and her wife argue one more – like, seriously, it was so – and, and it, like, it culminated. It tied into the series exactly how I thought it was going to be. It wasn't a surprise. But why did it take 11 episodes? Yeah. Oh, God. That was painful. I did think it was interesting when we got Tennant having his monologue up on the top of that at the – sort of the second to last of the last season. And we really see his brain working. Like, well, maybe I'll – I'll have her starve to death, or maybe I'll do this to her, or or maybe I'll just kill her. Like there was a, it was interesting when we got time away from Jessica, mm-hmm. and that was really the only time where you saw him talking to himself. And I thought that was really interesting. I, I don't. There are a lot of things that happened that I was going, oh, I wonder why they did that because it was. It's not like I was ready to start thinking of him being more of a human being or anything like that. There are just some sequences you where, felt like, like you were starting to sympathize with him, weren't you? You started <laughs> to see his his point of view. You know, he's just a lonely guy, and he doesn't—he <laughs> just doesn't know if people are doing things because he told them to or because right, they really yeah. wanted to, and that's tough. It really makes you think when he explained that. He really made you think. I mean, like it really did. I, it's I like an allegory guy. for fame, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Are, are they really my friend? Yeah. Because I'm famous, or because they like me? And it's just, right. You know, there was a split second where I was like, "Oh, I feel kind of bad for him." No, I don't feel bad <laughs> no. for him. Uh, I feel did you bad guys know? That was weird. It was two sort of oblique references to. The Dark Knight in this one. Really? Yeah, at one point someone actually says, what doesn't kill you only makes you stranger. Yeah, she and then, said that. And then later on, towards the end, someone said something that was, in, in, in essence, you, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. She, oh, both, wow. And both lines were spoken by Jessica Jones. Yes, yes. And the villain line was done over a voiceover. Yeah, it was. I was like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. And, the, and Luke, uh, what's it? Luke, I think, corrected her. Someone corrected her. Oh, no, it was the, the nuke guy corrected her stronger. And she's like, "If you say so." <laughs> and then so, and then, and so, Car- and finally, Carrie Ann Moss clipped the wire. Yeah, in, 
And like she knew that. How did she know that? Like that. I, I, I totally. Yeah, that did. was a weird MacGuffin. That was like, why did why did the the shock button in the torture room not work anymore? Okay, by it must have been Hogarth by process elimination. Okay, why though? Was she under his control at that point? Or yeah, I don't I don't know. That was weird. It's, it's what she wanted to make. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Some not not all plot points will make sense, Mike. <laughs> Uh, the other the other little Easter egg for the Doctor Who people is is that I, I guess when they're in the house playing house at some point when they have an argument, Kilgrave is talking to Jessica about his parents and whatever, and uh, she tells him to grow up, and she goes, "You're not ten anymore." And he was the tenth Doctor, so there you go. So uh, oh, wow. uh, grown, 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 grown. Um, hated the parents, by the way. Hated the parents. Oh, really? Like the dad, hated the mother. I just hated that role uh, of playing with it or whatever. It was, just, yeah, I don't know. That I didn't like that. I did, like, I why did. Why would they be holed up in a, in a motel? Like, I, that that didn't make any... And I believe at one point someone goes, it doesn't make any sense. Why are they here? Like, it, like <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone was self-aware of the fact that it made no sense. It, ultimately, I really enjoyed it. Strong. B plus. B plus? I was going to say B. B, B plus. Yeah, strong B plus. Strong B plus. Wasn't yeah. quite where, like, with Daredevil, I could not stop watching it. This was yeah. like, I watch it in four different chunks, but... Those chunks were really enjoyable, and when it got to the last bit, after the second act, I guess you can't really break them into acts, after the second sort of middle part, I watched way more than I thought I was going to do in a row. I just kept watching them because I could. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought this was very good. And yeah. Jessica Ritter did great. She's a welcome addition. Chris, Chris, to Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter, I'm sorry. I'm Jessica yeah. Jones. Yeah. And, she, and, and, she was great. She was she was a strong female protagonist. It was awesome. It was great to see that. It was great to see her confident and and like doing all the stuff. And I mean, like it was it, it was very well done. It just I feel as if from a story point, Daredevil was stronger. And, so. I mean, and do we think just from a formatting, does it feel long because we watched it all at once and didn't have a week in between? Like sometimes I, I feel like, oh, this is dragging. Well, yeah, it's dragging. It's the fourth one you've watched, and it's not doing the plot <laughs> that you want to watch, right? And but yeah. I'm wondering. Like to your point at the beginning, Ron, we talked about this, the Daredevil one. I would love it if they maybe they did two at a time over a, a three-week or four-week thing. We Doing them all at once over 12, I just it, – it makes it really hard to watch. It makes it really hard to talk about. And I think it actually sucks some of the dramatic tension out of – it absolutely sucks the dramatic tension. Yeah, because that, that, thing, that, that, that moment that you ended on immediately gets resolved because you, you're just like, well, I'll just watch another one. I'll watch another one, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know – yeah, it's it's it's. I struggle with the format. I understand why they're doing it. I understand that that differentiates themselves. But and I'm just comparing. I'm looking at season one of Daredevil, and I'm looking at the runtimes of the episodes. And we got 53, 53, 52, 52, 56, 48, 50, 53, 58, 57. Yeah, about the same lengths. 59, 60, 56. But <laughs> for some reason, the, the episodes. Like I was aware of the fact that the episodes were felt long for Jessica Jones. Like and. Yeah, they're about the same length I'm looking at, and they're all in the 50s or so. Actually, it looks like they're on the most part shorter than Daredevil, but they just felt longer. Because, I think, because again, I think that this was eight episodes. Eight episodes, this would have been a powerhouse. Yeah, so. I think we even talked a bit about that in Daredevil. I, th- I think I said it would have been nice if it was ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. There were times in Daredevil was stretched as well. Yeah. I don't know where this number 13 comes from. I mean, if, if I'm Netflix, I'm, I will just make the number of episodes that the show needs. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's it's become, I don't know how it became that way, but it's become the number. Yeah. You know, they they Breaking Bad used to be two thirteen episode segments. You know, I think Mad Men was as well. It's just be, it's become yeah. thirteen has become, and maybe because it's sort of half of a regular broadcast season, but yeah, uh, that has become the sort of standard. 
Yeah. You know, ten should be ten should be fine too. Yeah. You know, you could have easily lost three hours out of this and been fine. You could. You, I cut the, cut the entire divorce. The entire divorce. Well, it just didn't propel. Like that's like yeah. you were saying earlier. The the mini plots that they did have didn't propel the action. They they just sort of sucked the air out of the room. Yeah. Uh, they slowed things down as opposed to, uh, you know, oh, I had forgotten about this. Oh, right, let's watch this part. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, but that said, it was strong. That said, we're lucky to have people. this show. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. On the whole, really great. Yep. On the whole, great. I can't wait for the next one. So Luke Cage is scheduled for early 2016, which I imagine will be around the same time of year that Daredevil came out, and then that means we'll be we'll be stuffing Iron Fist in around Turkey time next year. Sounds like that's the schedule they're on. So. Yeah. And you said ABC Family. This is going to be called AKA Jessica Jones. The episode titles are AKA, yeah. and then the episode title. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they couldn't call it Alias, because you know. Alias. I think originally they were going to call this AKA Jessica Jones as well, but they just shortened it to Jessica Jones. Yeah, smart. I, I wonder if the. I mean, I wonder if people will tie. I wonder if they'll do a reprint of the Alias books and have the Jessica Jones logo in it or something. Because the books they have been. They've been, do, they've been doing. They have been because I've been. I've been rereading the first trade, and that, that, that book is awesome. I forgot how good it is. It's such yeah. a good read. Yeah, they, 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 they repackaged them and re-released them with the Jessica Jones logo on it. I'm pretty sure. I think I saw that in the shop the other day. Connor reminded me that in the books she was dating Ant-Man. Yes. Yeah. And that would have been so bad if that had actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But it's super fun. I mean, if, you haven't, if you've watched this show, like many people did, and you haven't read those original Bendis Gatos books. It's Gatos, right? Yeah, it was Michael, yeah, Michael yes. Gatos. Yeah. That 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 had the great sequence when they they did the flashback to when Jessica was completely under Kilgrave's control and remember the art switched to Bagley. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that that was really well done. That was really really well done. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know Connor, I bet you you're right. I bet you IGH is in human growth hormone because yes. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the story arcs of the Alias comic comic and issue ten and issue sixteen to twenty one are all around uh, mutant growth hormone. Mm. So there you go. So now it's in human growth hormone. Yeah, I bet you that is. Put that yeah. in your pipe and smoke it, Ron. Oh, <laughs> and then cough and cough and cough. <laughs> Jessica. Check those books out. If you want to talk about this uh, show, you can go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a post there where you can share your thoughts on Jessica Jones and what you're looking for from Luke Cage. And I, I suspect it'll be an origin story, Ron. Jessica. I think I think we'll go back in time for for Luke Cage. That's all. Hey, as far as an origin story, all you need is him putting the the saw to his midsection. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I loved when they both realized they could have unfettered sex with each other. Yeah, yeah, that was that sweet. was a great moment. So anyway, go to ifanboy.com. You can talk about this <laughs> show there, and don't forget to check out our weekly podcast, Ifanboy Pick a League Podcast, where Ron, Josh, and I talk about the latest in comics. And we'll be back next year when Luke Cage comes back. And yeah, Ron, when... Ron will spend a little time talking about how, how handsome he thinks he is. He's a very handsome man. He's very. And he, the thing is, he's not. He's not just handsome. He's also charming. He's, he's very. Really, he's very he's charming. A... He's very welcome.ing He's soothing. You know, smooth, smooth skin smooth, for yeah. being unbreakable. I mean, my God, no pores. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, jeez. <laughs> And they had and they had no problem showing him off. Like that scene where he was in the towel, there oh, yeah. was no reason for him to be in a towel in that scene. <laughs> Listen, if I had skin like that, I would never wear a shirt. Yeah. He definitely bulked up between the good wife and this. Yes, he did. I did yeah, he did. Yes. Wait, what is the next movie thing? I guess Star Wars would be it, and then we go dry until Yeah. The Batman. next film after Star Wars will be Batman v Superman. Wow. Oh god, do I have to watch that, Connor? Let's talk about that offline. <laughs> Yeah. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Mike. Jessica. 